Hey, I want to welcome you to Coastal Community Church's online sermons. And uh, before you watch this sermon, first of all, we want to thank you so much for taking the time to watch. And uh, we do want you to know that uh, this is a tool to encourage you in your walk with Jesus Christ, to grow closer to Him and walk with Him. Uh, we, however, at Coastal, hold a deep belief that uh, this should not supplement your attendance at a local church. We believe deeply in a local church. And so while we uh, this sermon is a, is a supplement for you, we want to encourage you to be a part of a local church, find a local pastor. Uh, if you're in our community, uh, in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to attend with us. We have three services on Sunday morning, 8.15, 9.45, and 11.15, and uh, we'd love for you to join us in one of those services. Well, good morning, Coastal Community Church. Great to see you this morning. It's great to worship the Lord through song, isn't it? And uh, do me a favor, if you get your Bibles out and uh, turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 37, okay? And if you don't have a Bible, there's one in a chair in front of you. Uh, and if you use that Bible, actually, you're going to turn to page 513, all right? I'll make it easy on you, and you can turn there. And uh, that's where we're going to jump in this morning. While you're kind of getting there, I want to get your note. I want you to get your notes out. I do want you to take notes this morning. Uh, that'll help prepare you for your small group. And uh, if you're not in a small group, make sure you get in one as you head out this morning, okay? And, and like Pastor Jeff kind of let us know, there's, there's one that fits your time of the week. It fits a, a location for you or something. We really want you to commit. Uh, to journeying with us for six weeks. And, uh, and then while you're doing that, uh, I want to let you know, whenever we do these six-week series, we always do one kind of early in the year, and then we'll do one again in the fall, uh, kind of corresponding with the start of school. We also want to provide you with a resource uh, that kind of goes along with what we're teaching on. And so um, oftentimes we provide a book, uh, but this is kind of a topical, res- uh, topical series. And uh, so what we did is we pulled together some articles to- for you uh, that will help educate you and give you some even more reading uh, as we do the sermon series. So you go get one at the Connect Center. The name of the series is Coastal Because, and I'll kind of introduce that here in just a minute. Uh, But we have this resource for you at the Connect Center, and you can pick one up on your way out. I would ask one per family, okay? That helps us with print cost. Uh, And just a moment of celebration as a church. I wanted to let you guys know that uh, we did get this building under contract this week. Uh, So praise the Lord, all right? And and so as a prayer request, and you guys have been through this now over the last year with us, so you kind of know how this stuff goes, but uh, as a prayer request, uh, more good news, we're still hoping to close in 30 days. We're hoping to have the building closed, and then we'll rent back from the, uh, the church that we're selling to. It's called The Mount, and uh, we'll rent back from them until we get into our new building. So the prayer request is twofold. One, the appraisal, okay? That's a big part of a sale. You need the appraisal to come in for at or above the sale price. So, you know, be in prayer for that. And we, we think the sale price is, is a win-win for both parties, and, and we hope that it'll come in in that, na- in that neighborhood. But just be in prayer for that. Uh, and then pray that we can get to the 30-day closing. That, that will help Coastal a lot, and, uh, and there's some leeway in the contract for the buyer to knock that down the road a little bit, not too far. But uh, yeah, just pray that we can get this deal signed up in 30 days. That'll help us in the build-out, which leads me to uh, the vision tours, all right? If you haven't signed up for a vision tour, you want to see the new building, we're still targeting Easter, and it's getting more, I'll tell you, 
it, the work that's getting done each week is incredible. So just want you to come down and get excited about where, where God is leading us, okay? And uh, we're doing those even today, 12.45, 1 o'clock. Uh, you can come down. If you want to come down during the week with your small group, just let us know, okay? Call us at the office. Talk to Jeff Fry, the project manager, and uh, man, we'll get you in there and, and give you and your, your group or your family a tour, all right? Uh, so yeah, very, very exciting stuff. Thank you, Lord. And uh, so let's do this, all right? Let me introduce this series. We're doing a new series uh, called Coastal Because. And so uh, if you have your, your notes and you have your Bible, turn to Ezekiel 37. And we try each year to couple these series with our small groups. And, and we do that for a lot of reasons. But one of the reasons is we want to, as a church, 12 weeks a year to move together. We're all kind of studying the same thing. We're all uh, reading the same scriptures as a community together. And so, you know, again, I really want to encourage you, if you're not in a small group, get in a small group. Take, uh, the small groups are based around the sermon, so a big part of your preparation is attend on Sunday morning and, and take some notes and be prepared to interact with your small group. And in the small group is where we're going to kind of put in the crosshairs, the Word of God and the sermon and your life, okay? We try to make this practical to your life so you, uh, you can see how this uh, lives out week to week. And so this series is called Coastal Because, and, and I've spent the last probably, you know, three to six months kind of preparing us for change. And, you know, we are going to be changing locations. You are going to be sitting in a new seat, and, you know, we are going to be corporately worshiping in a new location, and God's blessing us with an incredible tool for ministry. But in change, sometimes that gets unsettling, right? Any change. And so so this series is, is really to bring some comfort. I, I want to talk about some of the things that aren't going to change. Change, right? No matter where we meet, we're coastal because, and, and I'm not going to cover everything, okay? So I don't cover some topic that you're worried about, you know, or it's been in your heart. Contact me and let me know, okay? You know, I don't, don't want to unsettle you. I can't cover everything in six weeks, but we're going to be talking about some things that don't change, right? And there's, there's some comfort in that, right? Right? And, you know, like even in your family, there's probably some things we call these family what? Traditions, right? Family traditions, right? And we have a family tradition, things that don't change. In my family, when I was growing up, we had this really weird family tradition that brought us a strange sense of comfort. And here it is. Every Saturday evening for dinner, my mom, every Saturday, would make baked beans and hamburgers. It was every Saturday. And every so often, maybe like once a year, she felt some weird need to diverge from the family tradition. And she'd make chicken, or she'd make fish, or she'd have a salad or something healthy. And all of us in the family would like freak out, right? We'd be like, what are you doing? It's baked beans and hamburger night. Everyone here knows that, right? And so don't change. And, and so in this family tradition, and this is kind of a brown thing, and here's where it gets weird. Um, and so one of the things that we started doing as a family as we ate baked beans and hamburgers, we discovered this little formula of mix that made the baked beans taste even better. And here's how it went. You take a little slice of cream cheese, you place it on your plate. Then you take your potato chip, you dip a little bit of cream cheese, and you dip it in your baked bean and you eat it that way, right? That's a brown tradition. Okay, now I've carried that over into my family, okay? And my boys like that, but here's what's interesting. Whenever I do that, when I'm in public and there's baked beans and there's cream cheese together, my wife gathers people and has them watch me like I'm some kind of freak show. Like, check this out. Like, 
Watch what he's about to do. This is crazy, right? And, uh, and so, man, there's great, there's, there's some comfort in this is a family tradition. And so I want to encourage us, and I want to give us on this journey some things that, that I hope will say, hey, these things aren't changing at Coastal Community Church. No matter where we meet, no matter our location, these are some core values that as a community we're going to cling to. And so week one, here it is, ready? We're going to talk about our commitment to the Word of God. Okay, we're going to talk about the, that the Bible, Genesis to Revelation, we believe is the Word of God, and that's not changing for us. That's unchanging no matter where our corporate worship is held. Week in and week out, we're going to be committed. Now I'm talking about uh, corporately speaking, we're going to be committed to preaching the Bible as the Word of God and as truth. And why is that? Well, we're strongly committed to preaching and teaching this week out. Well, I could give you 10 reasons. I want to give you two reasons why we are committed to this book being the Word of God and why we're going to teach it as the Word of God on a week in and week out basis. Number one, I believe the Word of God is true. It's true. I want you to hear the words of Jesus. And by the way, you know, maybe you're on this faith journey. Maybe you're just beginning on the faith journey. Most, almost every religion in the world considers Jesus to be a good prophet, okay? At Coastal, we, 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 we believe good prophet is not nearly enough of what Jesus taught. We believe he's the son of God, third person, second person of the Trinity, the God-man, the one that's the center of our worship. How do we know that? We know that because that's what the Bible tells us. Jesus loves me, so we know the song, right? Jesus loves me, this I know. Why? For the Bible tells me. Well, that's because we're committed to the Bible's word of God. Here's what Jesus said about the word of God. Make them holy. This is a prayer of Jesus for his disciples. Make them holy by your what, church? Ready? Teach them your word, which is what? See the, see the connection? Jesus believed that the Bible was the word of God. And that it was true. And it was something we could build our lives on. And so coastal, we're committed to the word of God is truth. And we can't bend on that. Even sometimes when culture is kind of buffering against us and challenging our thinking, we have to come back to the Bible and say, what does the Bible say as truth? And the reason that this is so incredibly important is if we stray from the truth, the Bible teaches, man, our lives will be in bondage. That's why when you sing, the world has nothing for me, the idea of that is that, man, if, I, if, I'm, if, I, if the world strays from the word of God and I decide to live my life the way the world tells me to and it's the opposite of the word of God, my life is going to be in bondage, which leads me to the second reason we're going to preach the Bible is the word of God, because the truth brings something to us, John chapter 8, verse 32, the teaching of Jesus, and you will know the truth, and the truth does something for you. What's it do? It sets you free. And so there's freedom, there's, there's, there's freedom in your life when you build your life upon the word of God. And so this is our cornerstone this morning. This is unchanging at Coastal Community Church. And so with that said, here's, here's where I wanna, I wanna take a little, a little right-hand turn. And the rest of this sermon is really gonna be an illustration as to why we wanna build upon the word of God. Okay, and we're going to illustrate from a teaching in Ezekiel chapter 37. Now, let me give you a little context, okay? The prophet Ezekiel had a really tough ministry. Um, he was the prophet that got to run around and announce to Judah, and, and, uh, which was a large segment of the nation of Israel. He got to announce him, hey, because as a nation we've been disobedient, we get the rare privilege of going into captivity, 
Okay, that was his announcement. So every time Ezekiel showed up, you were like, here comes the bad news. Like, no one wants to be around this guy, right? He's always saying negative things. And so some of the false prophets were running around Ezekiel going, no, don't listen to him. You know, we're the people of God. Everything's going to be fine. The problem was the people of God were not building upon the word of God, and so they were disobedient. And God said in his word, going all the way back to Moses, he said there will be covenant cursings or covenant blessings and covenant cursings for disobedience. And so now God's saying, hey, I'm bringing the covenant cursings upon the nation because of their disobedience from the word of God. And so that's the ministry that Ezekiel got to have, right? Exciting. And so so it happened. They went into exile. They got dispersed among the nations. Now Ezekiel got to minister to the exiles, and now he was bringing good news. And so this book is kind of divided into the bad news, the bad news, the bad news. Oh, the good news, God hasn't forgotten you, okay? And so the second half of his ministry, while the people were in exile, say, hey, God is going to receive restore you. And of course, now we know the restoration was in Christ and that Christ was brought a spiritual renewal until he sets foot on earth again and establishes his kingdom. Okay. Uh, physically. And, 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 you know, we can, we can have some fun arguments about the details of that. Does that make sense? And so now the back end of this ministry is a hope giving ministry that Ezekiel brought to the people. And so here's what I'm going to do. Okay. I'm going to read to you the first 14 verses of Ezekiel 37, because it's just, I, I could read tell it, but it's just better to read. Ready? Here it is. So the Lord took hold of me, Ezekiel said, and I was carried away by the spirit of the Lord to a valley filled with bones. And he led me all around these bones that were, that covered the valley floor and they were scattered everywhere across the ground. They were completely dried out. And then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? So I just want you to picture this, right? You're in this valley. It's not even corpses, just skeletons everywhere. And the Lord says, hey, do you think they can come back to life? Oh, sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer to that. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, drop bones, listen to the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says. Look, I'm going to put breath into you and make you live again. I will put flesh and and muscle on you and cover you with skin. I'll put breath into you and you will come to life and then you will know that I'm the Lord. So I spoke this message just as he told me, and suddenly, as I spoke, there was a rattling noise all across the valley, and the bones of each body came together and attached themselves as complete skeletons. It's like a horror film. Now, then I I watched muscle and flesh form over the bones, and then skin formed to cover their bodies, but they still had no breath in them. And then he said to me, Speak a prophetic message to the winds, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath, from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies so that they may live again. So I spoke the messages he commanded me, and breath came into their body and they, bodies, and they all came to life, and they stood up on their feet, a great army. And then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel, and they're saying we've become old, dry bones, all hope is gone, our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again. And I will bring you back to the land of Israel. And when this happens, oh, my people, you will know that I am the Lord. And I'll put my spirit in you and you will live again and return home to your land. And then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done what I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. Ezekiel 37. Now, 
I want to make a couple points this morning before I get you out of here. This is kind of the so what. This is why we preach the word of the Lord at Coastal. It's why we open the Bible and say, this is the word of the Lord. It's true, and the truth gives us freedom. The truth gives us hope. First thing I want you to see, I want to start here, Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 3. Then he asked me, son of man, can these bones become living people again? O sovereign Lord, I replied, you alone know the answer. The reason we're committed to the word of God as being true at Coastal is it's life-giving. It gives life. It gives hope. Can these bones live? They're, if God's word says so, right? Now, this is a spiritual illustration, and in its context, it's specific to the, to the nation of Israel, but it is symbolic of our spiritual lives. It's a great word picture. And I'm going to tell you something. If you, if, you, if you run through life without the word of God being a regular part of your spiritual routine, you will end up like dry bones, and if you, if you run through life disregarding the word of the Lord and you kind of are doing your own thing and you're kind of doing what the world tells you should do, you will end up in the valley of dry bones. You're going to end up with a life that doesn't have purpose, a life that doesn't have meaning. Maybe you're there this morning. Maybe you, you kind of drug yourself here this morning. You hadn't been to church in a while, or maybe you have been. And man, life just beats you up. And you you kind of drug yourself in, and you, you're wondering if your life has any meaning or purpose. The question is, can these bones live? Got really good news for you, all right? Got really good news for you. This is the point that God is making to this exiled people. They're in, they, they, listen, they've been marched out of their homes, and they're in a whole different country, and they're discouraged, and they're without hope, and maybe that's where you are in spirit. Can these bones live? Good, good news, right? The answer is, of course they can live. And I want to tell you something, church. A church, or a life, or a community, or a nation that builds on anything besides the word of the Lord is destined for failure, it's destined to, 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 to end up like a valley of dry bones. And at that point, you got to ask, can these bones live? And of course, the answer that we see is yes, they can live if they hear and receive the word of the Lord. As we get ready to move locations, and it's exciting, and we clap as we see the God's hand with us each step of the way in this year-long journey that we've been on with the hopes of having our Easter service in our new location as we pray for that and hope for that. In this journey, I got news for you, church. If at any point we stop building on the Word of God, we become a country club or a Lions club or a community center, and that's not what I want our legacy to be. We want to build on the Word of God. Because the word of God is what gives life and what gives hope. The second thing I want you to see kind of an illustration of this text is that the power is in the preaching of the word of God. There's great power in the preaching. Sometimes as a preacher, you know, I, I, I watch a great movie or something, you know. Maybe see the new Star Wars. You see something with all these great special effects and you you know, you're, you're gripped by a movie and they stir your emotions. There's times I pause it at and I'm like, God, why didn't you like have the gospel taught through a great movie? I mean, why preaching of all things? It seems kind of dated sometimes, doesn't it? No, oh, good, thank you. A couple of you are like, no, okay, good. It keeps me keeps me gainfully employed. So, um, so no, why, 
Why preaching? Because there's power in preaching according to the scriptures. Ezekiel 37, 4, then then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to these bones and say, dry bones, listen to the word of the Lord. You know, at Coastal, one of the things that's not going to change, we are coastal because we're committed to the word of God and we're committed to preaching the word of God as the word of God in our corporate services. It's going to always be a part of our DNA. If we're going to build a church that's going to last beyond our lifetime, and I know many of you have made big sacrifices to this church, your time, talent, and money. I've been a part of that too, and I want to continue to be a part of that. Man, I want to be a part of something that outlasts me, don't you? I mean, one of the things that excites me about this new location, I'm like, Lord, in your grace and your mercy to put this church and, and man, to be a part of something that maybe there's another generation that's going to hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ and the word of God in that location excites me. And I want to be a part of it. But I want to tell you something, if we ever stop preaching the word of God, we're not building on something that will last. And so Coastal, we're going to be committed to building the word of God. And as a church, we, we, can't be, we can't be swayed by popular opinion. We can't be pushed by the, by the flavor of the day. We've got to preach the word of God as the word of God, as truth. Coastal must always be a place where the leadership and the pastor opens this book and declares this is the word of the Lord. The old schoolers, right? You old schoolers that like the King James Version, right? You open the book and they say, thus saith the, what? Thus saith the Lord. And there's power in that. We can't lose that. Why? Because preaching the word gives hope. And preaching the word gives life. And preaching the word gives purpose. And preaching the word gives joy. And according to Jesus, preaching the word gives truth. And preaching the word lets us know how to find salvation. And preaching the word lets us know how we have repentance. And preaching the word defines for us what sin is and what sin isn't. Preaching the word uh, lets us know what is the path to life and what is the path to death. Preaching the word lets us know what the gospel of Jesus Christ is so that we might have eternal life. In fact, the the Apostle Paul, we went, teaches a young pastor, Timothy, in, in the area of church leadership. He teaches him this in 2 Timothy chapter 2. He says, now teach these truths to other trustworthy people who will be able to pass them on to others. Think about this for a minute. Let me give you a little bit of a downline here. Ready? Let me connect some dots. Jesus said in John chapter 17, The word is what? Truth, right? And then he taught via the road to Damascus, the apostle Paul, the truths of Christ, who then passed them on to Timothy, who now passes them on to his church in Ephesus, who then passed them on to the next generation, who passed them on to the next generation. Here we sit in 2000, what year is it? 2016, right? And we're to pass on the truth to the next generation. Isn't that cool? The word of God is passed down from one generation to the next. 
And I'm going to tell you something. A lot of things in, in, in our lifetime, I can promise you, will change. Music styles may change, and the way we dress may change, and hairstyles may change, and corporate wor- services may change, even building. I was thinking today, uh, this Easter, when we meet in our new building, that will be the fourth location that I've pastored in and been a part of in less than 15 years. So I suspect we'll move in four more years after that. I don't, anyway, I hope not, but maybe. You know, That's just kind of what we do. Places we meet will change. But the Word of God doesn't change. It's a truth that stands the test of time. Third thing I want you to see is this, and why we're always going to preach the Word of God, and this is the illustration. This is the results of preaching the Word of God. This is why Coastal will always be committed to preaching the Word of God. Number one, Ezekiel, uh, the Lord tells Ezekiel that it's life-giving. The Word of God gives life. Ezekiel 37, verse 9. Then he said to me, speak a prophetic message to the wind, son of man. Speak a prophetic message and say, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come, O breath from the four winds. Breathe into these dead bodies that they may live again. If you're here this morning and you're a Christian, you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I mean, you remember that day, right? You remember that season in your life where, man, you were living the way you wanted to and you were beginning to realize, man, my life is like a bunch of dry bones without hope, without joy, without purpose. Suddenly the word was taught and the power of the spirit was coupled with that and suddenly there was an awakening going on and you, you, you bent a knee to the lordship of Christ and you found life, right? It's the power of the word of God. The word of the Lord and God speaks and, 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 you know, our God speaks and the cosmos comes into existence. Our God speaks or he breathes and into Adam and life is formed. Jesus Christ declares it is finished on the cross and guess what? Sin has been paid for. God's word declares it is sin. Guess what it is? It is sin. God's word declares it's the path of life and guess what it is? It's the path of life. God's word declares for us the gospel that gives us eternal life. Then guess what? It's the gospel that gives eternal life. It's life-giving. The word of the Lord is hope-giving. Ezekiel 37, 11. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones represent the people of Israel. They're saying we've become old, dry bones. All hope is gone. Our nation is finished. Therefore prophesy to them and say, this is what the sovereign Lord said. It's the picture of our lives without the word of God. Without hope, we've forgotten the promises of the Lord. I'll tell you something. We, we got to, we got to um, do a responsive reading this morning of the psalm, psalm. I love that psalm. The Lord lifts his voice and the earth melts. And that's some power, right? And that same sovereign God cares about little old you and little old me. Isn't that incredible? That's hope giving. God hasn't forgotten me this morning. The word of the Lord gives hope. The word of the Lord is grave robbing. It's grave robbing. Ezekiel 37, 12, therefore prophesy to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says, O people, I will open your graves of exile and cause you to rise again, and then I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Now, I want to be clear here. Obviously, this is specific to the people of Israel returning from exile. However, when we run this through the New Testament, we understand this promise is bigger than returning to a land, right? It's the promise of eternal life, that Jesus Christ is the first fruits of a great resurrection day. And for those in Christ, we will rise to eternal life. It's incredible. It's life-giving and it's grave-robbing. 
When the, word, when the word of God declares this hope, there's power in this promise. Jesus said this in John chapter 11, verse 25. It's a great truth, by the way, if you've lost a loved one that was in Christ. Jesus said this after the passing of his friend Lazarus to his sisters Mary and Martha. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live. What's it say next, church? Ha ha! Death! Jesus is sovereign over that. Isn't that cool? Everyone who lives in me, believes in me, will never die. And then he looks at Martha and says, Do you believe this, Martha? I could add your name in there, right? You believe this, John? Do you believe this, Sean? Do you believe this, Marty? Do you believe this, Janice? Do you believe this, Joy? You can insert your name. Do you believe this? I do. Why? Because the resurrection of Christ is grounded in history. It's not faith in faith. It's faith in a person that walked the earth, rose from the dead, appeared to over 500 people. Many of them were willing to die for what they saw. Some crucified upside down to make sure this truth got passed on from one generation to the next. It's grave robbing. It's spirit empowered. The word of God is spirit empowered. I will put my spirit in you, Ezekiel 37, 14. Put my spirit in you, you will live again and return home to your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done all that I said. Yes, the Lord has spoken. And one of the things you will hear me say frequently is the preached word of God coupled with the spirit. The power of the spirit, man, does, it does supernatural work in the heart of human beings. It's the supernatural work of God. When we preach the word of God at Coastal, it's because we believe the, the spirit of God empowers that and brings spiritually dead people back to life. Pastor uh, Andrew did a great teaching in our staff meeting this week, and he reminded us that a person has to be saved before they can grow because you have to be born again. Dead things can't grow. New things grow to life. It's the power of the spirit coupled with the power of the word of God. You know, there's not many guarantees in life, right? Didn't Joe Namath make a guarantee around Super Bowl Sunday? You know, that's a pretty cool guarantee. There's no investment guarantees, right? There's no place to put your money. It's guaranteed. There's no, there's no exercise guarantee. Very, very few guarantees in life. At Coastal, our desire is to build a church that stands on God's word as truth. And here's why. This is the guarantee of God. Check this out, Isaiah chapter 55. The rain and the snow comes down from the heavens, and they stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It's the same with my word. I send it out, and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all that I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I, what church? Where church is committed to the word of God because it comes with a guarantee. God is going to do his work behind the preaching and the teaching of the word of God. Isn't that exciting? All right, let's close with prayer. Heavenly Father, we want to build this church on your word as truth because your truth lifts up the gospel of Jesus Christ, which gives which gives abundant life. It gives hope. It gives joy. It gives us a future, God. You know, just like the people of Israel that went into exile and they thought, man, their, their life was over and you were trying to give them hope, God. Guess what? Same thing for us. One day, 
You're going to place these, unless Christ returns first, we're going to place these bodies in the grave, but you have declared certain things over the grave that the grave does not hold those who are in Christ. And we give you praise and we give you thanksgiving for that. Thank you for your word. Your word is truth. I pray that we would be a people individually and we'd be a church corporately that builds on that truth. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen.